0: Our reading tonight is Genesis 40, and I'm reading out of the NIV UK translation. The Cupbearer and the Baker Some time later, the cupbearer and the baker of the King of Egypt offended their master, the King of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials, who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favourable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream, on my head with three baskets of bread, In the top baskets were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cup-bearer to his position, so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impelled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cup-bearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him.
1: Late one night, A man in Slim church was showing Slim around a county airport in rural Mississippi. This switch lights up the runway, the man said as he flipped it. Then, let's say there's a plane in distress up there, I would throw this switch and turn on the searchlights. As the night skies lit up, a small plane materialised out of the darkness and landed. Slim and his friend watched in amazement as Franklin Graham, son of the famous evangelist, stepped off the plane. The pilot had been flying Franklin back to school in Texas when the electrical system shut down, leaving them stranded in the Mississippi night without lights or radio or any means of guidance. From out of nowhere, the search beam had come on and guided them to the landing strip. As Franklin's mother Ruth tells the story, earlier that evening before they left home, Billy Graham had prayed for the father to protect and guide his son and the pilot. God is sovereign. God is in control of all things. We call this providence. Providence Is God working for our good? However, in his book, A Sweet and Bitter Providence, John Piper offers these thoughts about God's providence. Life is not a straight line between one blessing to the next and then finally to heaven. Life is a winding and troubled road. And the point of biblical stories like Joseph and Job and Esther and Ruth is to help us feel in our bones, not just know in our heads, that God is for us in these strange turns. God is not just showing up after the trouble and cleaning it up. He's plotting the course and managing the troubles with far-reaching purposes for our good and for the glory of Jesus Christ. Is God really in control of the events of our lives? As you look back on your life, can you see the hand of God in it? Can you see that God has been directing every step of the way? This was certainly Joseph's experience. Remember the story so far. Our story begins in chapter 37. Joseph is something of a spoiled teenager. He's daddy's favourite. He's the proud owner of the coat of many colours. He doesn't hold back in sharing with his brothers how one day they will all bow down to him. As a result, Joseph is sold into slavery in Egypt by his brothers. He ends up as chief steward in Potiphar's household in Egypt. But Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph. When Joseph refuses to go to bed with her, Potiphar's wife accuses Joseph of attempted rape and he ends up in prison unjustly. But even in prison, God is blessing Joseph and he ends up in charge of the prison. God promised to bless his people through Abraham, Joseph's great grandfather. And Joseph is a case study in this. Terrible things happen to him, but he is blessed. Chapter 40, verse 1 begins, sometime later. This was ten years later. Joseph has been incarcerated for ten years. This tells us a lot about providence. God was very much in charge of Joseph's life. God was working out His plan for Joseph. But the preparation for being Prime Minister involved 12 long years in prison. Nelson Mandela had a similar experience. He was incarcerated for 27 years in South Africa. For much of that time Mandela was in solitary confinement. One interviewer reported, in another conversation I said, tell me the truth, when you were leaving prison after 27 years and walking down that road to freedom, didn't you hate them all over again? And he said, absolutely I did, because they would imprisoned me for so long. I was abused. I didn't get to see my children grow up. I lost my marriage and the best years of my life. I was angry. And I was afraid because I'd not been free in so long. But as I got closer to the car that would take me away, I realised that when I went through that gate, if I still hated them, they would still have me. I wanted to be free and so I let it go. It was in prison that Nelson Mandela developed the character to be president. Joseph has a similar experience. Some time later, the cupbearer and the baker of the King of Egypt offended their master, the King of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. Nothing is a coincidence with God. It just so happens that the cupbearer and the baker are put in the same prison as Joseph. And through this, a train of events is set off, which ends up with Joseph becoming Prime Minister of Egypt. There are no coincidences with God. God is working out His plan for Joseph's life, and for the people of God, and therefore for the world. Three things to show you. Joseph interprets the dreams, Joseph is disappointed, but God is sovereign all along. Firstly then, Joseph interprets the dreams, verse 4b. After they'd been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials, Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there's no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream, I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. God chose Joseph, what the dream means. Verse 12. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to. This is obviously very good news for the cupbearer. Well, verse 16. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favourable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days within three days Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole and the birds will eat away your flesh. And both dreams are fulfilled exactly as Joseph says God is amazingly with Joseph God is speaking through Joseph. Yet, secondly, Joseph is disappointed. Joseph said to the cupbearer in verse 14 But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Joseph has been in prison for ten years. Maybe this is his opportunity for freedom. The cupbearer will be restored to Pharaoh. Maybe he can put in a good word for Joseph. Joseph gets his hopes up. He might be free. But then look at verse 23. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. This was another major test of faith for Joseph. It was almost worse to be disappointed than never to have had the hope of freedom. In the late 80s and early 90s there were several hundred studies about happiness published each year. By 2014 there were over 10,000 per year. It was an exciting shift for psychology, one that the public Immediately responded to. Major media outlets clamoured to cover the new research. Soon, entrepreneurs began founding startups and programming apps to help ordinary people implement the field's findings. They were followed by a deluge of celebrities, personal coaches, and motivational speakers, all eager to share the gospel of happiness. Of course, people have always been interested in the pursuit of happiness. But all that attention has made an impact. The shortcut to anything you want in your life, writes author Rhonda Byrne in her best-selling book, The Secret, is to be and feel happy now. and yet there's a major problem with the happiness frenzy. It's failed to deliver on its promise. Though the happiness industry continues to grow, as a society we're more miserable than ever. Indeed, social scientists have uncovered a sad irony. Chasing happiness actually makes people unhappy. Happiness happens when we prioritize serving God and serving other people. Disappointment is a fact of life. It was certainly a fact of life for Joseph. We've all got to learn to be happy with disappointments. Therefore it's very good news that thirdly, God is sovereign all along. God has a major role for Joseph to play. He is going to be Prime Minister of Egypt. He is going to save the known world from famine. He's going to save God's people from famine. And in so doing, Preserve God's plan for the world. But he's not ready for that yet. Ten years in prison have not made him ready yet. He needs another two years. Look at chapter 41, verse 1. When two full years had passed, it would take two more years for Pharaoh to have a dream, and for the cupbearer to remember Joseph, the interpreter of dreams. Freedom will come for Joseph, but only in God's timing. How do you cope with the hard knocks of life? Failed exams, failed friendships, failed church work failed careers, failed marriages, failed engagements. Joseph learned to see God's hand in the hard knocks of life. Famously in chapter 50 verse 20 he says to his brothers when they do finally come and bow down to him, when he is prime minister and they're in need of grain, Joseph is able to say to them you intended to harm me but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives we've seen in this series that Genesis 50 20 is an Old Testament version of Romans 8 28 and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. In all things, in the disappointments, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Do you love God? Do you know that you've been called by Him according to His purpose? If so, God has a purpose for your life. Did you know that? Number one, Joseph interprets the dreams. That was an amazing privilege God speaks through Joseph. He reveals his sovereign will. But secondly, Joseph is disappointed. He's like us in the hard knocks of life. He suffers far more than most of us will suffer. But thirdly, God is sovereign all along. How can we come to a place where we see God's sovereignty, providence, in the ups and downs of life? The great thing about the Christian life is that we do not have a God who stands aloof from us. We have a God who enters in to the hard knocks of life. Jesus was born as one of us. He lived the life we were all meant to live. And he experienced disappointments. In John 6:66, 6, we're told, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him this was a knock for Jesus. Many of his disciples turned back, not just a few, many no longer followed him. Jesus, the perfect one, who never let anyone down, was badly let down by those he loved. Peter denied knowing him, Judas betrayed Him. All His disciples ran away when He went to the cross. Jesus experienced a life of disappointments. And He didn't have to do it. He could have stayed in glory, experiencing the worship of heaven. But God so loves the world... He gives Jesus to leave the glory of heaven, to live a life of disappointments, and finally to die on the cross in our place, taking the punishment for our sin, that we might be forgiven, that we might come to know God's love, That we might come to know God's purpose in our lives. That we might know that all things work together for our good. Even the disappointing things. Will you come to God tonight? Will you come with your disappointments? Will you come with your unhappiness? Will you... Will I repent of all our failed attempts to find happiness on our own terms? All our attempts to find happiness independently of God? Shall we thank God that God had a plan even in Joseph's major disappointment, even in all that Joseph suffered, Thank God that He had a plan, and thank Him that He has a plan for your life. Shall we submit ourselves afresh to God's will, to God's plan for our lives? This is my prayer this evening. Listen to it. See if you want to make it your own. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are sovereign. Thank you for your providence. Thank you that you are working all things for the good of those who belong to you. I'm sorry for all the times I've tried to find happiness on my own terms. For all the times that I've tried to live independently of You. Please forgive me. Help me to live with Jesus as King. Help me to live in the center of Your will. Help me to keep trusting You even when there are disappointments. Thank You that You are good Thank you that your plans are good. I submit myself to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to pray a prayer like that, why don't you do so now in the silence? Father, thank you that you hear the prayers of your people. Thank you that your Holy Spirit takes our prayers and translates them into the will of the Father. Father, we do indeed commit ourselves to you and pray that you will work out your purposes for our lives. Go with us then Lord into this week Help us to serve you. Help us to love you and to please you. Grant us your blessing, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.